0: Plumes of colourful smoke hang in the skies above Abu Dhabi. Tanks and armoured vehicles are on the parade ground in front of the exhibition centre. And naval vessels are moored on the nearby waters. It can only be IDEX, the defence exhibition, is in town. You're listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from the National in Abu Dhabi. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. With me is my co-host, the Nationals' future editor, Kelsey Warner. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, Mustafa. So, as I mentioned, uh, coming up is uh, quite an important exhibition and conference, uh, not just for the UAE, but the wider the region as well. It's the IDEX Defence Exhibition. It also incorporates NAVDEX, which is, as the name would suggest, the naval exhibition. It's perhaps uh, the first international scale exhibition and conference being held here since, uh, the pandemic began. So it has sort of wide ranging implications, not just for the health of, of defense, uh, and, but also for the events industry itself.
1: Right. And as you vividly described things flying in, swimming in, rolling in, and, um, at the curtain raiser event yesterday, major general staff pilot, Faris Khalaf Al-Mazrui said, this does mark a recovery for Abu Dhabi. So it is an exciting week on, I think, multiple fronts. And going back into an in-person event this week, I'm excited.
0: Well, just, just to explain, uh, the, the plumes of colorful smoke that I mentioned at the top of, of this, this episode refers to the Alforsan acrobatic uh, team. It's sort of these these jets that do these sort of wonderful formations in the skies. Um, and they've been practicing uh, this week ahead of Idex. So they tend to do several runs. Um, so from our vantage point in our studio, we generally get to see them taking off and landing and doing a few of those maneuvers. So it, it, it's sort of a visible sign uh, that something, something is going on. Um, Obviously, there's an expectation of of visitors, of large delegations from around the world coming in. Um, But to to kind of give us more, um, the national business correspondent Dina Kamel is with us. Hi, Dina.
2: Hi, Mustafa. Hi, Kelsey. Thank you for having me on today.
0: Uh, so Dina, you've covered IDEX before many times uh, in your long career as a journalist, uh, and obviously with The National as well. Uh, c- can you give us a bit of color as to how um, this IDEX is shaping up given the, uh, you know, dare I say, extraordinary circumstances in which we're all living at the moment?
2: Uh, absolutely i mean on any given edition idex is one of the most exciting events to to come to town it is one that is uh, closely watched by uh, the global defense industry and it is absolutely the biggest defense exhibition in in the middle east so for, for this event of this magnitude and of this importance to go ahead during the pandemic, uh, that's really a big deal for the sector. And it is a sign of confidence that a lot of international exhibitors are flying in be here and to, to showcase their various technologies. So we're talking about uh, 900 exhibitors are going to be coming from about 60 countries all over the world to, uh, to take part in this year's edition. So IDEX happens once every two years, and there's uh, going to be, you know, a, a lot of excitement around uh, the, kind of, the kind of deals that could be made during, during the pandemic. So this is definitely an opportunity for, for companies to revive deal making, revive businesses, and, and actually to take the opportunity to, to meet in, in person, which is uh, something that has happened only rarely over the past
1: year something we no longer take for granted. Can you give me a sense of the scope or scale of the contracts we should be looking out for and who are the big big players to be watching? Uh, sure. So um, the preview that uh, has has come out of IDEX this
2: year, we're we're talking about an outlook for deals this year that's going to be similar to the last edition, which uh, took place in in two thousand nineteen. And so two years ago, the UAE had awarded contracts of about twenty point five billion dirhams. So we're talking about something in the vicinity of five point five. A billion dollars worth of deals just from the UAE alone, as as the host country of. Uh of IDEX, So this year should should be within uh, a similar context, give or take, of, of that amount. And it's also going to be an addition that's, that's marked with um, new participants uh, coming into uh, the exhibition this year. So we're talking about Portugal, Luxembourg, Azerbaijan, and the ratio, if you will, of uh, companies that are going to be exhibiting this year. We have 84 percent of the exhibitors will be coming in from abroad. And uh, 16% are UAE-based companies, uh, which is a very important segment, given that the UAE is is trying to uh, develop and build its, uh, its military um, uh, capabilities here.
1: Dina, certainly, I mean, something I'll be watching out for always is what EDGE is up to, EDGE being the big military conglomerate announced back in 2019 that brought 25 subsidiaries under one roof here in the UAE. And a year ago at UMEX, which is sort of a sister conference to IDEX, it's Unmanned System Technologies, Edge announced that they would be manufacturing the first locally made drone in the UAE. And so this year I'll definitely be looking out for what they have in terms of announcements around locally manufactured autonomous weapons, autonomous vehicle systems, autonomous navigation. Um, I'm expecting a few announcements on those fronts. And I think, Edge, to your point, major priority is localization. The, the word of the week will be localization.
2: Yeah, 100%. And we've already seen that, you know, speaking of Edge, we've already seen this uh, happening uh, already since yesterday, Edge announcing even before IDEC starts that they're um, signed an agreement with um, a couple of state-owned Ukrainian uh, defense companies, uh, basically where they're going to agree to exchange and develop advanced technology and and cooperate on on that front. Uh, And and hopefully that cooperation going forward is going to result in investments of uh, more than $1 billion. So that focus on uh, local companies seeking out uh, a transfer of knowledge and a transfer of technology is is, uh, definitely at, at the forefront and at the top of the agenda and has already started.
1: And then something too to also be thinking about when they think speaking about knowledge transfer around AI and uh, technology systems, this idea of security will be top of mind. And I think there's going to be, in fact, I know there's going to be a lot of public conversations to be had around this idea of cybersecurity and uh, transfer of you know assets and resources as it relates to intellectual property. You know, how do we keep our systems? safe and secure when we're in these alliances and these sharing deals. Uh, and that's a really interesting emerging dynamic uh, within the industry is how do we do this? How do we do this safely and at scale?
2: To your point on um, the use of advanced technology in, in you know military warfare, there's definitely this year a focus from Gulf buyers on specific aspects of that. So we're talking about uh, you know, we're talking about drones, we're talking about um, counter UAV systems, we're we're talking about, you know, technologies that are uh, able to provide an integration of data and images and communication systems during combat situations um, that give, you know, uh, better capabilities to the command and control centers during challenging uh, situations. So definitely we're seeing Gulf buyers putting that at, at the forefront and the top of their agenda. And those are among really the um, the equipment that will that should be most, most in, in, in demand.
0: I'll just pick up on the wider issues going on um, related to defence. Uh, NATO's Secretary General uh, this week, Jens Stoltenberg, he said a couple of uh, fascinating points uh, ahead of a defence minister's meeting. Um, one is... Um, which maybe isn't so surprising in normal circumstances which is he said that nato members should increase spending um, particularly on deterrence, and talked about various areas such as iraq and afghanistan where where nato has you know pressing uh, engagements um but you know given that there's there has been a pandemic and so much of of national spending is going to healthcare. You know, I, I guess everybody's got to get out and, and bang the drum a little bit for their industry and and one of them being, being defense. So, so I thought that was, that was fascinating that he's, he's really pushing that, that message. But then secondly, which didn't even occur to me, um, is that he also said that, um, you know, members have got to consider making their own militaries carbon neutral, which I didn't even, you know, is, is something that, you know, is, is, is very much tied into, to technology tied into, to sort sort of the new systems that are coming through. I'll be very interested to, to, to know if down at IDEX this week, there is an element of, of sort of uh, making, you know, the, the, the weapons of tomorrow, if you like, or the, or the systems of tomorrow, they're not always just weapons, but uh, systems uh, that, that are more uh, in tune with, with some of the wider uh, problems we're trying to tackle, such as climate change.
2: This has been one of the focus areas for aerospace uh, companies, many of which also have defense arms. So I would not be surprised if uh, that was also their their direction um, in the in, in the defense side of their their businesses. And of course, uh, there is a lot of added external pressure from various uh, environmental groups to uh, on businesses of uh, being mindful of their their carbon footprint. As to your point on on budgets and and spending on defense during. The pandemic. This is very interesting because you know some some of the industry experts and analysts that I've talked to during the course of this week have said the outlook in general for for the Gulf and Middle East region is one of stable uh, defense spending, uh, just as governments are trying to balance. Uh, various important priorities. On one hand, the social and healthcare expenditure and the you know vaccination campaigns. On on one hand, and then on the other, uh, also the uh, ever important. On, on defense and military capabilities and security. This is a time of careful assessment and balance of those two priorities, while at the same time also ensuring that they part of the contracts that they spend on and, and part of the contracts that they award are also given to their own local uh, military companies. And, and that, of course, goes back to part of the Gulf's uh, wider push for, for economic diversification, is to build up um, strong and local military production bases here.
1: I mean, to the greening aspect of the defense industry, I I will say they do pioneer technologies and autonomy inherently, we associate that actually with being more energy efficient than legacy transport systems. So I'm by no means saying that this is a magic bullet for the greening of this industry, but you know, defense did give us the internet and defense is certainly leading the way on autonomous systems and, um, you know, driverless technologies. And they're mostly, you know, electrified systems. They don't rely on fossil fuels to run just by their nature. Um, So the innovation is being led by the defense industry in a lot of ways. They're not laggards by any means, but yeah, there's. I think there's certainly other things to be looking for in that in that area. Um, but yeah, autonomy, comma green, we'll be looking out for it.
0: And, and perhaps one final area worth mentioning is uh, cybersecurity, uh, very much uh, a topic of discussion uh, these days. Uh, we, we we had some large attacks last year uh, that have made it clear that. Uh, you know, the defenses could be better worldwide. Um, but on, on the, in terms of sort of the, the battlefield, if you like, there was a very interesting, um, uh, n- not announcement, but in- interesting tidbit from from the UK. The, their armed forces apparently hacked ISIS drones on the battlefield to bring them down. And it, and it makes me think that there is, you know, a yin and yang to this where, you know, you, you're going to develop drones, but you have to make sure that they are pretty robust um, and and aren't hackable, but at the same time, you want to have the tools to be able to um, nullify, you know, an enemy like ISIS, which is also trying to to use technology to its advantage on the battlefield.
1: Absolutely, it's what Edge calls hybrid warfare. With the kind of
2: increasing geopolitical tensions between. Uh, various regions, whether in the West, uh, you know, China, Russia, that are driving their their spending growth uh, in in 2021 and their defense spending. These countries are putting a, a bigger focus on on cyber risks, on electronic warfare, um, hypersonics, and and even since we are venturing into that um, area and in, in, into space capabilities. So definitely, this is uh, going to be something important to watch out for, and it is one of the key themes that are going to be addressed at the International Defense Conference happening on uh, on Saturday, just before IDEX. There's an entire segment that will will be looking at that. So that indicates that this is uh, an important topic for discussion between the uh, industry players that will uh, that will be uh, convening here in Abu Dhabi.
0: Dina Camel, thanks so much for being with us.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Kelsey Warner, thanks to you also. Thank you. And thanks to you all for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe or leave a review. All that remains to thank our production team, Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan, and join us again next time.